Hi guys, Own the Flies back, and today I'm doing something a little different. Something we haven't done before. We've done the music thing. I've interviewed several musicians, interviewed some some TV stars, some uh, movie stars. We've done our top ten lists and stuff like that. But today I've got my first, and man, I'm not ashamed to tell you, I grew up watching soap operas. My grandma kept me during the summer. She had it on. She had her schedule, and after 12.30, you didn't say a word. You didn't bother her after 12.30 till 4 o'clock. And then it carried on. One of my favorite, if not my favorite soap opera. Everybody says Young and the Restless, Young and the Restless, and yet that's still on. My favorite soap opera out of all of them was The Guy in the Light. You had, you had the Bowers. Uh, you had the Spaldings. And then you had this family that came in, uh, came in from Oklahoma, and took a took a. I mean, they ended up having a really, really big family on it. it had a big impact on guy like I'm talking about the Lewis family. So you had Josh, you had Billy, you had Reva, you had uh, Vanessa, uh, Mindy. And you had so many of them. But with me today is a guy that grew up on that show right before your eyes. He was there for nine years. I'm talking about none other than Bill Lewis. Mr. Brian Buffington. Welcome to the show, Mr. Buffington. Thank you for having me. Yeah, uh, yeah. I've been watching those, uh, and I have to say, that guy does a great job. I know he worked for As the World Turns and uh, and Guy in Light as a PR guy. This guy, if you haven't looked it up online, I'll give him a plug right here. If you haven't looked up online, I can't, what, what was his first name? I can't remember his first name now. Is it Alan? Alan? Alan Locker. Yeah, he does, Alan Locker. Yeah. He does the Locker Room on YouTube, and he's had all these different reunions. And, man, it's so great to see the guy like that. This is how I found Mr. Buffington here. Uh, but, it, man, it was so great to see uh, most of the Lewis family together in one reunion. How was it seeing those guys again? I know you said you hadn't seen a lot of them in a while. Yeah, so uh, I left the show in... Uh, 98, and there was a reunion about 10 years after that in L.A., and uh, I had uh, traveled out there for that, uh, and so that was 12 years ago, um, and I saw, you know, there was a, a good group there, the people that I had worked with, right. um, but since then, so it's 12 years, um, yes, it's been 12 years since I've seen uh, anybody but Melissa, who played uh, Bridget, uh, I, I saw her in the last uh, couple of years. Okay. So, um, but, it, I mean, anytime you see, cause the thing you have to understand, and I know we'll get into this, um, is that when you grow up on a show like that, you you really have a, a surrogate or a second family. Right. And, you know, you grow up with these people, and then all of a sudden you don't see them for 10 years. So every every chance you do get to see them, it's it's super special because uh, you know not not half the time, but Maeve was was portraying my mom for for a good part of my life. So it's hard <laughs> not to have that um, kind of a relationship with those people, and um, so it's it's special. Yeah, and you could tell watching that. I know you said you didn't you never worked with Gina, uh, who played. Uh, Dinah later on. I think it was Dinah. Did she play Dinah later on? Yeah, uh, she played Dinah later on. Yeah. yeah, but you could tell just 
by the way you guys were acting that, that you guys had a, a tight bond and uh yeah that, that i mean you were there for nine years had to be like a second family you on the set so much every day so growing up how, what what got you into acting um so i grew up the very northern part of new jersey just probably about 30 minutes outside of new york city uh so it was pretty common for moms to you know get their kids a manager or something and they do like a little model modeling work and um you know stuff in catalogs and whatnot uh so my mom was no different i don't in fact i don't know the whole story i don't know how she started both my brother and I. Well, my brother quickly showed, like, no interest. And <laughs> I guess I just kept wanting to do it, or, or I seemed to be able to take direction, which I think when you're when you're that young and uh, you're talking about kids from a, you know, uh, the, the people writing the commercials or the stories, um, you know, you want more than anything a kid who can take direction. And, and I was apparently good at that, so... Um, uh, you know, just kind of one thing led to led to another, and then my agent at some point said, "Hey, we should start sending you out on, you know, TV stuff or whatever movies." And uh, I think in ninety, what was that? Oh, I'm sorry, eighty nine, eighty eight, eighty nine. Um, I booked uh, a very very small part in a movie called Mister Destiny. I remember uh, with that. James Belushi, and yeah. then. Um, I, yeah, I was, I was his kid in the fantasy life. Um, so it was, uh, Renee Rousseau and Jim Belushi, who I worked with, uh, primarily, uh, and the girl who played the, my sister. So, um, but that was just, I was super fun. But my point in that is just that, uh, I think the, that was like maybe one of the first things I went on. And then the first TV thing, first TV thing I went in on was Guiding Light. And it was just supposed to be a, I guess, like a summer thing. It wasn't really, they, they didn't have this whole plan of Bill or Bill Lewis the third being a major character. Um, so I think <laughs> the whole evolution was just sort of one thing after the other. It was just, uh, you know, uh, but, but to answer your original question, that's, it's pretty common for kids to do that sort of thing where I grew up. Right. Um, but I guess I just kept wanting to do it more. Yeah. And you never, for the record, you never got sent off to one of those boarding schools that, that aged you like five years in a year either. You were there. I mean, you, we watched you grow up, and you kept the same character the whole time. So mm -hmm. what was it like the first day on the set? Um, I actually, it's funny because there are scenes that were much later on that I don't ever remember taping and have no recollection whatsoever but there are some of these moments that you you kind of never forget and i don't have a very clear memory of the first day but i can i can almost sort of feel like i'm on there you know i can just kind of remember just what it felt like and it was i was i was nervous but it was just this fast paced thing going on around me and I didn't have much to do. You know, I think I walked in, said one line or something, and walked out with a beach ball or something like that. I just remember there was a pool party, and uh, I just remember being su super nervous and just being kind of in awe of how fast everything was moving around. All right. 
because I had done commercials and, and then that one movie, everything moves so slow. You know, it's like setting up the camera to do this shot and then that shot and then, uh, you know, on a soap opera, they have four cameras going at the same time, sometimes more. And, you know, it's, it's go, 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 go. Yeah, and you, I mean, I, I just recently watched uh, YouTube. If you guys haven't seen it yet, if you want to find some old Guy in Light episodes, YouTube is the place to do it. I mean, I've watched several old okay. episodes since since these locker room uh, reunions have been going up, and it's made me think about stuff I forgot from back then, and I'm like, oh. And one of the things I watched recently was a big story. Well, not the biggest storyline for you, but when Billy and Vanessa had split up because Billy was drinking again, and you were you were really putting it on Vanessa too, boy. You were you were being a a little brat about it. we're not letting your daddy come home and uh, just stuff like that. You know, just remembering stuff like that. But what was it like working with those two? You know, Jordan Clark and Maeve Kincaid. They were pretty much your second, like you said, your your second set of parents there. What was it like working with those two? Um. I I think it's it, again. It's hard not to look at them or think of them and and feel a sort of um, you know a, a parent like relationship. Okay. Um, you know, Jordan and, and Maeve probably couldn't be any different in terms of um, <laughs> just their per- personalities. Um, and, and I think it, it showed, uh, on the show as well. Um, but, but I think it was almost like the perfect two parents, um, you know, Maeve, very sweet, graceful, strong, you know, and, and then you had Jordan who, uh, and, and I guess Jordan slash Billy, cause it, we all share a lot of characteristics when you're working on a, a soap opera, maybe with a few exceptions, but there's a, you know, you're playing this person every day yeah. or, you know, mostly every day. And so, uh, it becomes kind of, I think that there's always a little bit of you, um, that shines through. So, uh, but Jordan, you know, is kind of this, uh, funny, uh, you know, just sort of a big presence. And, uh, he was just so good on his feet. And, um, but, but I don't think, uh, I don't think he read the script until he, you know, walked into the dry rehearsal, but, but I tell you, by the time they started taping, he was, he was money, but, um, but so you had these, you know, two, uh, different personalities, and, and I think it was good to have, um, both of them, and I, you know, I, I worked more with Maeve, uh, than I did Jordan over the years, in my early years, I remember a lot of scenes with both of them, and then as my character grew, um, there was a lot of, you know, little Billy or Bill Lewis and, and may, um, sorry, Vanessa, um, you know, scenes and, uh, obviously the whole thing with Matt and, you know, yeah. uh, setting off fires and whatever, whatever else I did, <laughs> you know, all those terrible things. Well, well, one of the, one of the most emotional scenes I think was when, you know, everybody thought Vanessa was dead and wasn't after your graduation, you saw her. When you find out she wasn't dead, um, yeah, I, I don't remember. Um, I I remember vaguely like she was at the graduation, but I didn't know it. I don't remember how you know Bill found out that Vanessa was alive, or, or that whole sort of 
um, exchange. But I, I did find, you know, you talk about this YouTube. Um, it's it's insane. Like so, somebody, I don't know. Who, there, there, there are two screen names I see a lot as far as the people who have uploaded these things. But God bless them, man. Because you got to think, they, they had these on VHS. Yeah. Transfer them over digitally and then upload them. So, um, but man, there is so much on there. I was shocked. Um, and I did see there was a uh, scene um, where Bill and Vanessa are reunited. I think he already knows she's alive, but this is where they actually like see each other for the first time in a long time and hug. And um, they did they did have that online or on on YouTube, which is uh, pretty wild because. Uh, you know, it's like, again, I just have all these vague memories, and when you actually see it, you know, on, on YouTube or whatever, you're like, oh, man, it just kind of takes you back there. So, uh, it's hard to believe it's been so long. Yeah, I mean, I, when I first, you know, when YouTube first come along, which has been years ago, and then you don't think about it, but you, you could actually find God and Light episodes on there. Like you said, there's two guys, and, mm-hmm. and I, like, I know, I'm, I'm my net, the names escape me up there, but... When you type in guys in the light, you want a full episode. These guys, I, I don't know how much time they have put into uploading this stuff, but, man, it, it's a, I mean, pretty much every year, I don't know if they've got every episode up there, but pretty much every year, if you want to. Almost, yeah. Yeah, Almost. a certain era up there, you you can find it on there. And it just, it takes you way back to be able to to, to see all that stuff because I, I started watching, I, the last, first time I can remember is like in, probably 83 or 84 when they did the whole Beth and Lou Jack and Philip thing. But, uh, you know, I was hooked <laughs> after that. But how, how hard was it when they started bringing you on more and more adapting to a schedule? Was it, was it tough for you? Um, that was one of the questions I, I got asked the most growing up. Um, rightfully so. Cause you know, uh, I was a kid sort of straddling school and, and this other job. Um, but I don't, I, I don't know if acting helped me develop a very good memory or if I just had a good memory and I was, you know, able to learn my lines really well, but that worked in my favor a lot in school. So like I could just get notes and, and read them and kind of know, you know, condense a school day into a very short period of time. Um, so I didn't really have any issues with the school part. Um, I think what was hard was missing the social things. Right. And, um, you know, later on in in my time at Guiding Light, I, I, began, I began to sort of, I, I think it just sort of burned out. And I was sort of more focused on my, my baseball game, you know, coming up. Uh, than I was anything else. And um, so, you know, there was the whole, as far as the academic stuff, that wasn't an issue. I think it was just sort of trying to understand that there's, you know, you you got two lives going on and and these people over here, like my close friends, have no idea and don't know any of these people over on this, you know, in this other family that I have. So that was always kind of a hard thing because there was, like, I couldn't talk to anybody about anything, <laughs> you know, with the other yeah, sort of yeah. quote-unquote Nobody family. understood what was going um, on. <laughs> correct. Yeah, nobody, 
Yeah, it was, it was, um, and they all, you know, thought it was kind of a, I, I mean, they, my friends are relentless, so uh, they busted my chops, uh, constantly, um, and, uh, you know, never let, even though it was just a, a soap opera and a relatively small show in the, uh, uh, arena of TV and film, um, they certainly didn't let it, uh, get to my head or anything like that so uh, i grew up with a great group of friends and you know i think they 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 treated it the right way kind of as this sort of silly thing i did on the side you know <laughs> and uh it, it was you know i think i was sort of embarrassed um kind of a shy kid so if like i got recognized in a mall or something and my friends were with me i'd be mortified uh-huh. and they would just laugh and you know kind of make a scene out of it and um, so that, um, that was just all part of kind of figuring that out. Um, you know, and, and as I got sort of older in, in you know, the years in which, uh, kids tend to do more and more things that they probably shouldn't be doing. And, you know, you go to parties and all this stuff. Um, there was always this thing in the back of my head, like when I was, out of the party or in a certain situation, like, Oh, I, I, you know, not, not just will my parents be disappointed, but my other parents would be disappointed. <laughs> you know? So, so there's kind of this sense of having like, you know, living in two different houses. Um, you know, it was just a weird feeling, I guess. Um, but, and, and unique. I mean, I, I think, yeah, who, how many kids get to grow up sort of working on a show uh, and, you know, having all of these relationships and, you know, it's, I think just a unique experience is the way I look at it. Yeah, definitely. Talking about uh, growing up on the show with you, there was another another actress that grew up on the show with you pretty much. Rachel Miner who played Michelle Bauer. What was it like working with her and how much did you guys lean on each other uh, during that time period? Um, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd say for the better part of probably, I don't know, uh, six of the, maybe even seven of the nine years. Um, I forgot when Rachel left, but there was at least four or five years of, of a lot of Bill and Michelle. And, you know, when we'd have these fan club meetings or whatever, we'd always kind of do something together. And, uh, I think Rachel and I were were different in a lot of ways, um, but uh, the one thing that's I think immediately evident uh, when you meet Rachel is just how genuine she is, and she's just uh, sort of beyond her years in intellect and, and wisdom. And uh, I think in in some respects I was kind of intimidated by that because I felt like kind of a dumb jock compared to her, um, but. She was very talented, and and I think we we had some pretty uh, memorable scenes and storylines. And uh, I I I believe my uh, first fake kiss is probably my first real kiss. Uh, <laughs> you know, there there was there was a lot uh, a lot there. But Rachel's a, an unbelievable human being, and um, I uh, keep in touch with her on on Facebook uh, Messenger primarily. But um, I haven't, you know, I haven't seen her in ages. But I know her her dad just passed away not too long ago, and oh. 
to reach out to her and um but you know i still think of of her and uh her family often um it's it's like i said it's having these family members that are <laughs> you know the ones that you haven't seen in so long it's almost like this this past life at this point but um but they still hold that special place in your heart for sure yeah she was she left in 95 so she was there six years okay. yeah. five, five or six years yeah um, and that was weird too and they you know oh yeah if i can if i can go off on a tangent here um yeah go ahead by all means so <laughs> so they when they were auditioning the new michelle there were i think three or four that they narrowed it down to and then they had me do a screen test with them, which for anybody that doesn't know, is basically you do a scene in front of the cameras, they record it, they, you know, they film it, whatever, um, and you just, for me, you know, because I was the, the person on the show already, I, I have to do that scene with, with the three different actresses, um, or actors, and, uh, you know, so you're doing the same scene with three different people, um, and you're trying to do the best job you can. You're trying to sell the fact that you really like this person. And so it's just such a weird experience. It was the first time that ever happened to me. And so at the end of the scene, there's, there's a kiss and, you know, uh, my, my friends were like, oh, that's awesome. You guys are going to make out with these three girls. And, um, and I was like, it really wasn't that awesome. I gotta be honest with you. It's not, nothing, nothing against them. It was just awkward to like, I do the scene and, have to kiss uh, uh, these three girls, and you know, I I was always very um, or, or tried to be very professional, and, and uh, um, I think just I learned a lot by watching some of the other actors on the show, especially Maeve, and um, just how to kind of be comforting because you, when you're on a soap opera, there's there's guests stars or, or people that are on the show all the time um, that are brand new. And right. so you've got to learn to make them comfortable. And um, so I, I, I tried to put in my head, like, look, these, these three girls are way more nervous than I am, um, even though I feel like I'm, I'm auditioning. Um, so that was just kind of a wild experience. And then, you know, they asked me, like, you know, what did you think? And um, they ended up on deciding on Rebecca Budig. I believe that's. Yeah, um, um, and uh, but she was great. It just was very, uh, you know, odd, and it was my first experience. I mean, obviously in soap operas, we know people get, uh, you know, replaced and are a whole new actor. You know, right. from a Friday to a Monday, and some people age thirty years in you know in a week. It's it's just the way it is. But <laughs> so um, I I don't I, I don't remember. Uh, the I don't remember the first scene, but I I do remember immediately. It was a totally different thing, obviously, um, because Rachel was was my age. Rebecca right. was like twenty five or six. I can't remember. Like she she was a lot older than um, than me at the time. And so when you're a sixteen, seventeen year old kid you know, there's, it's pretty easy to tell, right? Right, right. So I think that there's always this kind of, um, uh, not miscast, but it was just, you know, I, I almost felt at that point like, um, like the, the, the original group of kids uh, were, were about to be all gone. 
because yeah. I was like, they're, they're making everybody older around me. Um, and the, the other guy who, who was kind of always with Rachel and I, at least at, at some of the, uh, the bigger gatherings, was, was a, a kid or guy by the name of Greg Burke. And uh, Gregory Burke, he went by. And he played Ben Reed, Fletcher's yeah. kid. Yeah. And so, yeah, we, there was, oh, I remember a lot of scenes with the three of us. So that was, uh, that was fun, some good memories there. Yeah, that, that's got to be, like you, you talk about how awkward it was, because you went through, there was a lot of Mendy's that, that were there while you were there, too. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, you had a lot of different different people coming in. But you seemed to be, I think, weren't you like the last of the young group that was there before you left? Yeah, so um, I think, yeah, once Rebecca came on as, as uh, Michelle, I, I was the only one left of, that sort of original young group. I mean, there's only three of us, but, um, but even, uh, they didn't age Mara and and Shane, but I I know they, there's, uh, new actors, uh, Kimberly J. Brown came on at some point and, um, she played Mara, but, but, you know, they, um, they were young kids on the show, but they were, uh, quite a bit younger than us. And, uh, so yeah, I, I think, I think all of them, all the original young people were gone um, at some point, and I was the, the last one standing. <laughs> well, you definitely did something right. I mean, you were nominated for uh, Daytime Emmy Awards for, for five years, and you even won uh, the Young Artist Award for Best Young Actor in a Daytime Series. What was it like getting that award that year? Uh, well, I wouldn't know because I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, so they had these two, well, I can't remember what they were called, <laughs> Young Artist or something. Yeah. Uh, and I would get nominated and, like, I would ask, I'm like, what is this 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 show? And I guess it was the thing they put on out in LA and just everyone wanted to make the trip and it was just kind of one of those things where if you got nominated for an Emmy, you go to that and that was, I don't know, I, I, just, I didn't know what I was doing, you know what I mean? I, um, but I just remember when you're like, oh, you won and I... Uh, was like I thought it was one of those shows where you kind of be there to win, but I guess not. Um, so <laughs> when my friends uh, again, my friends like to bust my chops, but whenever they uh, bring up the fact that I never won an Emmy, um, you know, I, I remind them that I do have that that young artist or youth in film or whatever the yeah. heck it was called. Young Artist uh, award, award for Best Young Actor in a Daytime Series. There we go. <laughs> yeah, the Emmys were weird because you know the young. Well, I think what I first got nominated was called like juvenile actor like Ju- <laughs> that sounds like a that actor. sounds like a prison sentence or something <laughs> yeah it's, it's, I, they might have uh realized that that wasn't really the best word to use but um <laughs> juvenile young actor best juvenile actor in a drama series or something like that and i, I want to say the first two times i got nominated that's what it was called um again i have these very fuzzy memories of these things but um but that it was weird because in that category, it was like up to age 25 or, or 21 or 25. I can't remember. I think it might change at some point, but, um, so, you, you know, if you had a, an 11 year old with 11 year old storylines up against somebody who was, you know, in their twenties. Um, it, it was, I think, a kind of a, a tough thing. I, I think they wanted to have a younger category and then they, they just didn't want to have a, you know, like a child category. <laughs> so it was yeah. like, um, you know, being, being nominated with these, uh, 
these guys much more uh, mature and, and definitely better actors because they, I think, uh, were older. So it was just, it was hard. Like, I mean, I, it was cool to be nominated. I never expected to win at all. In fact, I was terrified of winning. Um, and once they went through my category, which I think they used to do pretty early on, um, I could just relax after that. Uh, but, uh, but it was cool. Like, I remember a couple years getting to see, like, one of my castmates win. Like, uh... I know, I think Monty Sharp was nominated in that category one year and won. We were both nominated, and uh, so that, that was cool to set him up on stage. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, it, I think it was, uh, it was a cool thing to, to kind of be nominated and, and it just sort of makes you feel validated, I guess. But at that age... I didn't really know what any of that meant anyway. I was just like, oh, I guess this is a good thing. I, I, to me, it was like, it was kind of a, like an A on your test. Like, okay, right. you're doing a good job. Okay. You know, okay. Great. <laughs> but, I, but I'm not the best because I didn't win, but I'm doing good. Okay. Yeah. It's a, let's talk a little bit about some of the storylines. Let's talk about the drinking storyline. I mean, what you were, how old were you when they did that? I mean, how much crap did you catch from that? <laughs> I, uh, I think it, I think it was uh, I think it was ten. Because I remember there was an like an article in the Sun or the National Choir or one of those yeah. magazines where they had a picture of me and it said like ten year old hit bottle or something. So um, on on GL Shocker or whatever it was. I, my mom, I believe my mom has a tape somewhere. Um, she she was good about saving some of that stuff. So, and then, um, but uh, yeah, so it, it was a. Um, I think it, it was a fun storyline as a kid, you know, to pretend like you're drinking uh, liquor. Uh, again, I, it wasn't something I was even remotely interested in doing, so it was just kind of uh, me trying to play play pretend. I, I, I want to say they put, like, lemon juice in that flask to make me kind of make that face. Make the face, yeah. Um, I'm, pretty, yeah I'm pretty sure that's what they did. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it was... It was it was great. Those those are some of the scenes of Jordan, you know, with him uh, getting upset, and uh, I, I vaguely remember some of those. And I believe I caught some of those on YouTube too. Uh, like as you were saying before, it's it's insane how much stuff they have on there. But that that was a fun storyline. It was it was one of the earlier ones, um, so it's it's harder for me to remember much, but. Um, but yeah, those, those some of those clips on YouTube brought me back, and I I think they had the one too where I actually I was either in the nurse's office or I was actually drinking. Uh, I can't remember, but um, but yeah, that that was fun. I, I think, and I don't know if you're going to go here yet, but but I think probably one of the most fun was the the lighthouse fire. Cause yeah, was that was my dirty. next question. You can go ahead and talk yeah, about okay. that. All right. I'll, let you, I'll let you ask it. Go ahead. Well, no, I mean, just talk about that, 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 that the Fifth Street fire. I mean, that's that's one of your biggest storylines well, right there. Well, yeah, so, so there was the Fifth Street fire, which... Um, oh, yeah, that was a lighthouse uh, fire, too. I forgot about that one. Well, yeah. So, yeah, the, I, the, there was a lot of... Fire uh, <laughs> following Bill Lewis. I don't know what he was doing, but um, but that was so the, the and it, it's hard to kind of articulate. But when you're a young kid, right? And I want to say when the lighthouse fire thing, I was probably 
13, 12, 13, 14, I don't know, somewhere around there. Um, and you have this, like, very um, kind of, uh, what's the word, like, just this strong sort of, like, female uh, character and, and actor, Marcy Walker, um, who's playing Tangie. Right. Um, and I, I guess, I want to say they had me have, like, or, or Bill was, like, kind of had, like, a crush on or whatever. I probably didn't realize too. Like I was just like, I get to like act in this like older, you know, actress who's you know like this cool chick, and you know we get to play in like fire and all this stuff. It was just such a like for a young guy, it was just like a very cool thing. Now when I look back, I'm like, oh, you know, like the cheesy like uh, special effects, and you know we're working in a small studio in New York City. You know, you can't have these huge explosions and stuff. So you look back on, you're like, oh, okay. But man, when when we were there, there was. I think I had to fall back with Uncle Josh onto, uh, like, a mat. And, you know, they, they even had a stunt person for me um, who was a, a woman that was, you know, very short uh, so she could pass for me. Um, and, uh, you know, they had her doing some stuff. It was just, like, this cool story. And I don't know how many days that that took, but, but it was also fun to just kind of be... It was just me and, and Marcy for however many uh, scenes and you know we're, we're part of this kind of big spectacle on the show so that was that was definitely a lot of fun and then the Fifth Street Fire you know, yeah. uh, that was when I was a little bit older uh, and that was uh, I, I know I got to destroy a set uh, that, that was fun um, but I, I think looking back what's fun is you know you hear about these things and when we were doing the a YouTube reunion with Alan Locker, I, uh, I had this, like, thing in my head, like, I think I started that fire. Like, I, yeah, I remember, I like, getting that. in trouble or something, and somebody, I guess one of the fans, uh, or, or somebody, uh, maybe it was Jill, one of the writers, was like, yeah, so you, you started that fire. I was like, okay, I, I thought I did. Yeah. Um, it was certainly, you know, why not? I, I, I did a lot of things on that show that I shouldn't have, but, um, but yeah, so that that's pretty funny. Thinking like uh, that that was that was my bad. Whoops. Yeah, and then and then I forgot all about the lighthouse fire because that was when you found the money. You found the money on the beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, the, and I was it, spending it on gifts, right? Or yeah, like yeah. Michelle stuff. And then that was. I remember buying her like a golf cart or something. Uh, there was some silly stuff going on that was funny. Yeah, I, I do remember that now. So let's talk a little bit about you know. A couple of the guys on the show that, were, that you worked with a lot, especially early on, uh, talk about H.B. and Henry Chamberlain, H.B. Lewis, Larry Gates, and William Warwick. What was it like working with those guys? You got any good stories working with them? Um, well, they were, again, you know, with that whole sort of family dynamic, were sort of surrogate grandparents. And Larry was the you know, hoo-ha, like, uh, kind of uh, fun, boisterous, uh, just a big sort of presence and hilarious, just super funny, um, and just remember nothing but smiles around him, and Bill Rourke was, you know, the uh, refined uh, thespian and, and just a very sweet uh 
you know, nurturing person. And, and, uh, I, anytime he wanted to kind of sit down and tell me a story or teach me something, I was like, go for it. You know, um, I'm all ears. Uh, but I, I don't have any specific sort of memories, um, about them on set. Uh, I'm, I'm sure if I, you know, sat long and hard, I could probably think of a few, but, uh, I just remember how, uh, how, how special they were and how much I sort of revered both of them and, and how, how sad it was when they passed because it was like losing a grandparent. And, you know, I experienced sort of the, the, that's the thing when you grow up on a show, and I don't want to go off on a, too much of a tangent, but, like, um, I remember when Vince Williams died um, and played Hampton Speed. Right, right. And it was, it was kind of a shock because I never knew anybody that really died other than, like, one of my friend's parents, and um, I just... It, it was just kind of this concept I hadn't had to sort of face uh, at that point. And so that was, you know... Um, it was it was strange. Um, you know, going to this funeral and then this memorial and um, and and you know, flash forward to now, I realized he was in his thirty. I mean, yeah, when I was young, he to me he seemed like this old, like you know, guy, like uh, not old, but you know, I mean, I thought he was in his forties or fifties or whatever. Who knows? Um, and just uh, at least that's what it seemed like when I was a kid. He was, you know, there was just so that that much that many years between us and now I'm like, wow, he's younger than he died younger than I am now um it's crazy but um but then you know going back to Larry and Bill I think when they passed the the writers uh had to deal with it and that was a very um non-subtle Example of of life imitating art and art imitating yeah. art imitating life, and and I think for me that that hit home a lot um, because when you're you're growing up and you're talking about this person at the memorial on set, it's it's a very surreal feeling that you're you know this person's not just playing uh, you know dead they're they're gone and uh, so that was that was tough and and I think just you know again looking back as as you as you grow older it's just one of those life moments that I think uh, you won't you won't ever forget. Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, it, it was like that. You know, when you saw, you know, I've I've seen people get wrote off the show before. You know, of course, and they killed them off the show. But to know that these guys, like you said, and I can't imagine how you felt. Like you said, it was just like a grandparent. But it was it was sad to see it with with HVN and with Henry. Uh, when they pass, or any of them when they pass. So, yeah. Well, I, th- I, th- I think when when I was there, uh, Michael has also passed. So it was, it was before them that I, I remember, um, you know, kind of all of them uh, passing and, and uh, funerals, and you know, both on the show and off the show. Um, but I, but I think it was it was four that had passed uh, during my run on there. Which, and you talk I would about, say it sounds like a lot to me. Yeah, you, you you talk about him passing away at 30 and how old you thought he was. I, I, I'm 46 now, and I, th- I remember thinking, 
you know, 30 was old. I remember that. And, uh, yep. yeah, does it, 46 oh, yeah. doesn't seem too old to me right now. <laughs> no, yeah. no. So talk, what, uh, we talked a bit, a little bit about your drinking and your fire store line. Were they, were they your two favorite storylines there or was there another one? And, uh, and of course the light. No, on fire. I, 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 yeah, I don't, I, I, those are earlier storylines I think were, were fun. And I, I remember scenes, like I remember like scenes. I don't think I ever had like a real good storyline that there was like a little, because I was a kid, you know, it yeah. didn't do too much. Um, but, I I think the, uh, the the Fifth Street Fire thing um, was probably uh, one of my most memorable, just because of all of the the sort of subplots that were going on around that, like the Matt and Vanessa thing, and, and uh, my relationship with with Vanessa, and uh, there was just a lot going on, and then you know sort of the Matt uh, conflict and um, there was just a lot of drama and yeah. so I think that was the most fun just because there's so much to do and so many different uh, characters or actors to interact with um, so I just remember um, just being jazzed up for all that. Um, that that was that was fun and then it, it's hard to say but I, I do if I'm pressed, you know, I, I do go back to the uh, the lighthouse fire just just because it was just a fun thing, you know. It was it was demanding. It was a lot and and just uh, physical and it was, you know it, as much so as you can get on a soap opera. Um, it was it was just a ton of fun. It was it was kind of like when you're a kid and you think of acting, you're like yeah, this is what I'm talking about, like like action, you know. <laughs> you got to do some stuff. You got to you got to run and. and Throw things and you know, uh, go up, uh, you know, ladder. I don't know. It's just like a, b- a bunch of stuff, and uh, uh, that that's uh, that's what you're after when you're a kid. Yeah. Well, what was it like when when you found out you were leaving the show? When you left the show, what was that like? How tough was that for you? Um. You know, that's a good. That's a. It's a great question, um, and one I, I, I probably, um, you would think I would have thought of it more, but I, I think what it was is I I was getting sort of burnt out um, from, it's not that I didn't like doing it, it's just that I didn't love doing it anymore. I mean, I love the people, right. but... So much had changed, too. You know, they, they were bringing in new characters. There's a new executive producer on the show who I, I just felt like we never kind of um, were on the same page. Uh, I think he wanted to sort of sex up the, the show a little bit and so um, bring in some, some older, you know, older actors to play young, the younger actors. Um, and I, I kind of saw the writing on the wall. Um I didn't know sort of, um, I, I think I had a conversation one time and it was both, we were both kind of like, um, yeah, this is, uh, you know, kind of what, what what's going to happen. Bill's going to go off to that. And I was like, that sounds great. You know, it was just a very anticlimactic thing. Um, 
I think the hardest part was leaving that family right. uh, because there's that camaraderie and there's that uh, that t- those tight bonds. Now, again, a lot of the people have gone, but I still had to Maeve. I still had, you know, Kurt and uh, Jordan was kind of there, uh, kind of in and out at, at the end, but uh, Kim Zimmer and Robert Newman and um, a-, a lot of the people that had been there since the beginning. And... Um, but but enough had changed that it was just it was just different, um, and uh, I think it was kind of like I don't know how to describe it. Like you want to leave, but you don't, and but you know when when the other person's like, yeah, you know, I, I think I think you should go. It's just this kind of like weird thing, and um, I. I I look back and I joke about it now, like, oh man, if I had known, you know, what, you know, how how good of a gig that was, I would have, I would have stuck around. And I, <laughs> I don't think that's true. I mean, I really wanted to go to college. Um, I didn't want to miss any more of my senior year of high school. You know, I was, I was, I had a great group of friends, and and I grew up in a, a a town that wasn't big. Um, everybody kind of knew each other mm-hmm. and I just wanted to be with them before I, you know, I knew everybody was going to go their separate ways in the college. And, um, I just having this sort of feeling that, you know, this, this, this chapter had to kind of close and, uh, move on to the next one. But, I, but I will tell you this: it, it was, Again, like any relationship, you know, you know it's the right thing to move on. You know you want to do it, but it's hard. And you know, you find little ways to try to hang on. And uh, so I actually, uh, what was it? Sometime senior year, I took a month off. I want to say it was like in the spring of. Actually, it must have been February because I went after pile season. And I ended up doing an episode of Party Five, and so I was like, "Okay, cool, this is the next step." Um, but then I went to I went to college, and uh, went there for the first semester, and then the second semester, I still had the itch, I still had that bug. You know, it wasn't that I was sick of acting; I was just kind of burnt out from doing that particular show for so long. All right. And so I still wanted to do this thing, and I went back out to LA second semester of college, basically. You know put my education on hold and had a great six months out there. Like, you know, was, was just having some really solid meetings. And, um, I decided at one point, like, I, I want to go back. I just want to finish college. You know, I just want to be done with, uh, you know, I, I want to, I want to experience it without interruption. I want to continue building these relationships with these friends I met the first semester. And, you know, I I don't want to, I just want to be like a normal college kid. Like, yeah. I don't want to have like all this other stuff going on. Um, so uh, I came back here. My the, the agent, or my West Coast agent at that time, thought I was crazy. Um, but I just, you know, I had to go with sort of my my gut, my instincts, and uh, I just felt like, you know what, I gotta I gotta see this through, and you know, we'll we'll figure it out uh, on the back end or, uh, you know, when, when college is over, then, you know, reevaluate. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I mean, a lot of people like me, people on the outside looking in think, you know, you're, gosh, you got it made, you got it made, you're a kid, you're on a, a TV show, you're doing this, you're doing that, but like you said, mm-hmm. you, you, after a while, you just want to be a normal kid. I can totally understand that. I can totally understand that, so. Yeah, I mean, and the, the, look, these are all, you know, first world problems, um, and, and it's not, and, and I always say, anytime somebody says first world problems, they say, yeah, but there's still problems, you know, it's, it's relative, um, but I think... It was, um, I would never say that it was tough or, you know, like, oh, poor me. I mean, it was right. It was a but, great job. It was fun. I didn't know it was a job until I got older and, you know, understood how that worked. You know, it was, for me, it was like, like I get to go in, I get to do this thing I, I like doing, and uh, I know I'm making some money, and it's going towards, you know, my future or whatever, uh, it ended up most, a lot of it going towards, uh, private college, which is insanely expensive. Um, (laughs) but I, I, you know, I, I would never say like, uh, it was, it was tough or this, and it was just unique. It was, it was different. And it was something that none of my other friends were doing. So I couldn't relate to anybody on that level. And, um, so it was tough because, uh, I, I think just not being able to, relate to anyone that I was sort of growing up with in my, um, you know, my hometown and my, I was in real life, but like, you know, my non-acting world, um, normal world. And it's, uh, so that that just made it like, I think harder to deal with. Like if there was an issue, if I was struggling with something, because nobody really understood. Um, but yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. it, It was, it was a hell. I, I didn't have it made, but it was a hell of a, a oh yeah, but job you know, or a, a gig, you know. I'm like you said. Sometimes you just want to be a normal kid, though. You know? I mean, that's I, I you know, yeah. you just want to be do normal kid things. Uh, but you know, you, I think you know, like I knew it was sort of over when when I I just did. Like, I, I, I wanted to be, like, around my friends, um, even in, like, class or in school more than I wanted to be on on set. And, um, but it was tough. It was like, you know, this is, like, part of my identity, part of my, uh, um, my life. And, um, but, again, when those big decisions come up, I've always just kind of said, you know, where, where's my gut pulling me? What are my instincts saying? And, and just go with it and... Uh, I feel like that's never really steered me wrong, so right. I'll continue to do that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, so talk a little bit about what you... Well, first of all, before I get to that, what did what was your feelings like when you found out the show was being canceled or was going off the air? Um, That was sad, man. I mean... Yeah, definitely. Like, I didn't have much connection or contact uh, with the show at the point. I mean, I still kept in touch with a lot of people, both um, actors who were still on the show at the time, actors who weren't on the show, but but also, you know, producers and writers and staff that, that uh, um, you know, got to know well over the years and have kept in touch with thanks to social media. Um, but I'd say, oh, sorry, what, what was your question again? When you, what you felt like when you found out the show had been canceled? 
Oh yeah. So, um, I, I was very sad, but wasn't surprised. Right. Um, because I remember seeing like, I, I didn't watch the show, but like if, if I was around a TV and, and I was looking through the channels, I saw it, I'd, I'd stay on it to like see, you know, some of my old family, right. <laughs> um, just to be like, oh, hi, how you doing? Uh, but I noticed at one point, and again, I, I was still in touch with people who were working on the show, uh, but I just noticed, like, it just looked so different one day. Yeah, and, it did. I uh, remember, I remember that same to, feeling. And, and, uh, I, so I, I messaged, uh, somebody, I was like, what are they doing? Are they, are they shooting, like, with just one, you know, like, handheld, or and everything's just sort of uh, on location now, and um, so yeah, I guess, I guess uh, with how much money the networks found that they could make with these reality shows, and how little it cost them, um, it was like soap operas were slowly sort of fading away, and reality TV shows were, were taking yeah. the place. Um, so I, again, I saw the letter on the wall. Um, I certainly thought if any show deserved to keep going, it was the longest running one. <laughs> yeah. So it was sad to see Guiding Light kind of get canceled. And, and um, it, uh, you know, I think also ruined the hope of, of making a cameo, uh, you know, years uh, down the road. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that, that, that was a sad, uh, sad moment. You know, I went out for that reunion, which I think was after that had happened. Right. So that it was kind of a reunion of, of all the actors and, and some of the staff um, to get together. At, and and I, I want to say, because I went to the Emmy show that year, and I think they did some sort of tribute to Guiding Light or, or something. Uh, so I feel like there was, um, you know... Uh, Sort of a, a rap party that I was invited to, which was nice, um, and, and got to got to see all those people and kind of say goodbye to, to them and the show and the show going off the air and all that stuff. So, so it was cool to kind of have I don't want to say closure, but it was like cool to kind of have that moment right. after finding out like all the shows going off the air. That 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 sucks. Yeah. yeah. Well, talk about what you're doing now. I mean, besides being the master of Swimming pool, basketball, trick shots. I, mean, I looked That's at your right. Facebook page. Now you gonna tell? That was first attempt, huh? First attempt. I I, uh, <laughs> I took the ball and, and I, well, originally I was just kind of throwing it against that wall and just kind of catching it. And then I saw the basketball hoop. I was like, oh, let me set up the camera just in case this goes in, and then just went boom. And, and uh, that's why my my reaction was was genuine. I saw it. Yeah. Was acting, you know? Yeah. Um, but. Uh, yeah, so, uh, what, what am I doing now? Um, well, I, I mean, work-wise, is kind of boring, but I, I've always loved math. I've always just had kind of an affinity for, for dealing with numbers. So, so I'm, I'm most definitely a, a nerd in, <laughs> in almost every way. Um, but I, like my now wife, uh, girlfriend at the time, introduced me to somebody and kind of ended up down this road of reading some books and, and ended up in the world of, uh, you know, uh, wealth 
management and all that stuff, but I, I ended up going down uh, just sort of the retirement income planning road. And so I, I deal with families and business owners and, you know, kind of help them figure out uh, uh, how to sort of plan ahead for, for a number of different things. But it's uh, it's kind of very good for the right side of my brain, I think is the pragmatic part. Right. Um, I'm, I'm very sort of like right and left brain. Like I, I have um, later on in the day, I tend to have like a lot of uh, creative juices flowing and I like to sort of do something that, that uh, helps that, uh, you know, quench that. And then, um, but I'm also extremely uh, uh, pragmatic and, and uh, I like things to, to fit in their places and <laughs> just, you know, uh, I love numbers. Uh, I always hated statistics because there was no, like, concrete solution. Um, it was like, oh, it could be this or that. I was like, no, no, I want, like, <laughs> I want an answer. Y equals this. <laughs> like, yeah, I want, like, I want, like, a, I want an answer, not, not a, you know, a sentence that, uh, or some sort of vague thing. But, um, so, yeah, so that, that's what I'm doing professionally, and I've been doing that since 2008. Um, okay. I worked in another career right out of college, and that's a whole nother saga, but um, I had, um, you know, just kind of learned a lot and just didn't know what I wanted to do next. Moved to Florida and, you know, kind of bounced around, wrote some music and did some things and ended up on this road. And now I'm doing that uh, as a career again since uh, 2000, yeah, 2008. So that's 12 years now. And what's great about it, especially in this environment, is, um, you know, I have my own business, so, like, I make my own hours. Um, I get to work with who I want to work with. Right. You know, if somebody says, "Hey, I want to work with you," I don't. I don't have to say yes. You know, it's <laughs> like I'm not a. I'm not an employee, so I don't have to do what anybody says. I'm, you know, um, I'm. I'm the only guy. So, uh, with this whole kind of pandemic and just just the the, the shit show that 2020 has been. Um, Tell me about it. You know. It's it's unreal. <laughs> like somebody said the other day, remember the good old days when we were almost going to World War Three with Iran? Like, yeah, those were the good old days. Yeah, but, um, yeah. It's like it's just insane. But I, um, uh, you know, my my wife's an attorney, and so she's got kind of the long hours and the long phone calls, and so having the flexibility I have is is great. Um, I remember. When I first got into the business, somebody said, you know, you're going to be one of the only um, parents that's going to be able to go to every single thing your, your kid has. And, and it always appealed to me because, um, you know, I, I really wanted to have a, a family. i got two kids. i got a, a boy and a girl. And, oh. um, you know, talking about what I'm doing now, that, that's a large part of it. I've oh, yeah. Being, a, being a, a dad that sort of juggles a, a, a business. Um, being uh, sort of a chauffeur because, again, I, I can make my own schedule. But I like structure. I like routine. And so I've had to learn to live with the chaos. <laughs> Just kind of like, all right, here's the schedule today. It's not going to repeat tomorrow, but this is what it's going to be today. And, um, you know, so I've, I've had to adapt and, and learn to uh, accept things like that that my uh, my genetic makeup does not want to accept. So, um, you know, I... I'm not, I'm not, 
I've, I've had to learn the patience and also, uh, uh, you know, embrace the, uh, the chaos. Yeah. So well, then, uh, I've got a, progress. I've got a 16 year old daughter now, so I've been there. I don't, didn't have two, but she, you know, she was pretty, she, no. she's a good girl, but you know, you have to, like you said, you have to embrace. Well, don't tell me anything about the teenage years. I don't even know. No, that. yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be one of those that say you okay. wait or anything. But yeah. she just turned sixteen, I yeah, and uh, huh. through this whole pandemic, not able to get her license. So, uh, yeah, it's, no, man. Yeah, it's been. It's been is, something. Is sixteen, uh, like the full blown license they get at a sixteen there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, because I think it was seventeen where I grew up. Yeah, 15, you can get your uh, permit, and 16, you can get your license. Okay. So, uh, but, look, I'm not going to take up any more of your time. Man, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed doing this. <laughs> this has been a blast. Uh, love to be able to talk to you again sometime, but, man, thank you so much for doing it. Yeah, it's for sure. A lot, of, a lot of great memories you, you guys gave me. And, I mean, I'm not, like I said, I'm not ashamed. A lot of these guys say, oh, you watch soap operas and all that stuff. Nah, I'm going to tell you, <laughs> I'll tell you another story right here before I let you go. I worked, uh, like, at a hardware store, a little small hardware store. I'm from, like, a small rural community, but uh, this was a small hardware store, and we had all the repairs done by 1230 because that's when all the soap operas started. And we had a TV. We sold TVs in there, so we always yeah. had the TV on in there. 12.30 to, to whenever, to 4 o'clock, we didn't do any repairs. We just sat up there and watched. Hey, there, <laughs> there, there's, there's, there's no shame. Uh, in oh, in no. fact, everybody that, everybody that watches, uh, you know, Kardashians or one of these, you know, reality shows that are, you know, quote-unquote quote reality yeah. Um, they are soap operas, you know, on steroids and, and exactly. I think, uh, the, the great thing about the soaps and, and I can speak for Johnny White, um, but I know this kind of runs through a lot of the, the soaps is just the, um, the family aspect of it. You know, you, you, Oh yeah. As a, as a viewer, cause my mom used to watch all my children. Those are my memories are like. Um, Adam and Stuart, Erica, yeah. Kane, um, uh, was it Bian Bianca? I see. I didn't see much of that. The game of the B. Well, anyway, there's um, there's a few of these characters that I just, you know, I didn't know anything about the show, and I didn't watch it like all the time. But I, my mom watched it enough that those characters were like burned into my retina, and you know, <laughs> you see them every day, and you you kind of. Uh, it's, it's a different, um, I think, experience than it is with any other show. Because even like a long-running, you know, let's say a, a primetime show that's on the air for, for 10 years. Right. Like, like um, Party of Five or, or 90210 or whatever. ER, actually, ER is like, still going, isn't it? Um, but, you know, you, you you still see them only for one hour a week. And, and only for maybe 15 to 20 weeks out of the year and then they're off yeah with a soap opera it's every single day or, or every, monday through friday monday through friday yep and and so it's a totally different i think from the viewer to the tv it's a different relationship because you're seeing these people every single day yeah. and um you know i think uh i never really understood that until i got older um because you know i think again with with many of the things of being a kid on the shows you don't have that same perspective like you 
you're literally growing up on the show, and so you're way behind in terms of understanding certain things. And um, so that that was something I didn't really come to appreciate until I was, uh, you know, older and had uh, had the ability to look back on it. Um, yeah. But uh, but anyway. Yeah, and you, and you, and we always looked like Friday. Friday was going to be what kept you hanging on for the whole weekend till Monday, because so you couldn't wait till Monday. <laughs> yeah, Friday when it went off the air, you're like, okay, this is going to be the big part right here. Well, something big's got getting ready to happen. So, it, it, yeah, but it was, it was great. funny, kind of, uh, you know, doing some of those show, like shows that you're talking about, where there was sort of a cliffhanger. It was it was kind of weird to film like or tape uh, some of those scenes go home you know go to bed come back early in the morning put those same clothes back on go back on the same set <laughs> and literally pick up right where you left off and it was like you know uh, it was just kind of a weird feeling hard to describe <laughs> like, you know we were just doing this uh, you know last night you know um, but because uh, they usually you know the way that, that you saw it on TV was usually the way it was shot. Like, that right. that was shot that day. Sometimes they would shoot things for a future episode or the next episode on on the, pre, whatever, the, the same day that they were shooting the, the previous episode. So sometimes they would do things like that, but that was only, uh, you know, on, on rare occasions where they kind of had to from a logistics standpoint. Um, so usually you, you just shot it, sort of uh, each script was, was that show, and, and that's what you saw on TV. So if, they, if it continued over a number of days, it was like you were wearing those same clothes for a while. <laughs> well, like I said, thank you so much, Mr. Buffington, for, for doing this. And uh, I've had a blast, man. It's taken, taken me way back. Yeah. I'm going to have to go on YouTube now and watch some of this stuff. I'm going to have to look up the Lighthouse file well, now. I'll send you, uh, if I can... Uh, find them I, I think i bookmarked them but I'll, I'll send you some that i found uh in case you haven't seen them yet i'll, I'll definitely message, message them to you um, definitely but uh yeah man thanks for having me I, I you know it's i think when people ask me about this and that's why i was kind of like yeah sure i'll, I'll do this i mean it, it's fun to, to uh sort of look, look back and and take that trip down memory lane um but yeah, it's something that is, it's a huge part of my life, and, yeah. and even though I'm, I'm very far removed from it now, it's still a, a part of, of my identity and who I am, and, and this is just something that uh, is, is unique about me. Everybody has their own experience, like this is just part of my, my life, and um, so to talk about it is, is always kind of uh, fun, especially at this age, because it's, you know, such a... Um, uh, there, there's just again this sort of dreamlike feel to those years. Uh, um, it's it, it's there, but it's it gets blurrier and blurrier as, as each year uh, goes by. But but that, I thank God for YouTube because when I watched some of those things, I was like, ah, oh, I remember that now. You know, or yeah. I, I can I can sort of picture that day, and I remember something that maybe happened on that day. So so. God bless whoever put those on on YouTube. Like, yeah, there's one uh, guy named long, Bandstand. Thanks for doing that. Bandstand Mike was one of them. I just looked at it. That's one of them now. Yeah, his okay. name. And then I think out. there's one that's like Spalding something. Yeah, uh, I have to look it up. But yeah, you should, you should give uh, 
uh, give him a shout out or, or oh yeah definitely whoever what, they what get, did, but, we'll um, definitely give him a shout out for that but uh thank you so much man I, I really really appreciate it i can't tell you i thank you enough but uh you got it look uh take care of yourself and uh guys that is mr brian buffington who was bill lewis on the guiding light on the fly <laughs>